What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Randy, Christian are back for our very first starts and sits for week one of the season. Um, there's not much to really introduce. Christian still hates Bruce Arians. Um, we just had a pretty heated debate about the Browns. I've started to kind of go on the other end of the spectrum. I'm not feeling too great about this season anymore because of our defense, especially. Uh, because of that defense that he hasn't seen play yet. Do you really want me to bring up seeing that we lost our starting safety and our starting linebacker? I'm sorry I said anything. Let's go. Yes, you should be. Um, yeah, so we have that. Um, but before we get into this stuff, uh, we may it may seem like the pace is kind of moving quickly. It's just because I'm sick of everyone's crap today, and I'd like to get this over with. Not just not just Randy and Christian, just today as a whole. Um, so before we get into that, um, Randy has a always great triple R. Yeah, it's gonna quit laughing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the author for this one is Darren Robinson. The title entertaining with a lot of exclamation points. Thank you for that. Uh, yell it. <laughs> I, I won't yell it. There's been a lot <laughs> happening right now. I don't really get a lot it. of yelling. Uh, the actual review definitely check out this podcast. I drive across the country a lot, and this show makes my drive entertaining. Don't miss out. Yes. That's probably as much enthusiasm as we're ever going to get out of it. I mean, I can do uh, more I, again. I, I myself, I'm not a character. Yes, it's true. All right, I'm I'm excited as fuck, guys. I don't I know Sean. I figured Randy was gonna say like thank you or something. I did say thank you, and then you cut me off. It's true. Accurate. Um anyway. Is it true or is it accurate? It's true and oh. accurate. And valid. I learned statistics at one point in my life. Um <laughs> so anyway, I'm fucking excited, guys. We right. have Sorry, sorry. Yep. Christian's contacts were fighting his whole face right there, and it was killing me. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, I'm excited because we have fucking football back tonight, and Sean did not display, or, or uh, he did not sound very excited about that because, because he's very because, sad about the Browns. But the because thing technically, is, it's not tomorrow yet. It is for them. Come on! Yeah, this so you were about out. to call me. You were about to call me Christian. I was about to just move on. Honestly, you, <laughs> you got me riled up right now. Football's back, guys. I'm excited for this. Yeah. The only problem and, is we all know what the final score of this game is going to look like. We're going to get so excited for this kickoff, and once it's fucking forty-five to ten, we're going to be like, "Oh, okay. Well, at least the rest of the season starts on Sunday." I don't know about that, man. I don't think so. Highest overrunner of the week. It's true. I don't know. You never know. You're (laughs) the most pessimistic motherfucker (laughs) I've ever met. (laughs) God damn. Browns are six and Browns are going six and ten again. You heard it here first. (laughs) All right. Uh, So Sunday night and Monday night football preview. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, you start before we get into our starts and sits. Uh, so Sunday night football, we had all right. I'll take it from here. The Rams. That's what I thought, bitch. <laughs> uh, the Rams are a three point home underdog over under at 49 and a half. Apparently, Christian thinks that there's going to be 80 points scored somehow. Um, Christian, you want to elaborate? 
Yeah, the Cowboys are going to score all 80, 80 to nothing. Rams. I don't know why I even did that. That that, that was the exact response I was going to expect. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, I think the three main pieces, obviously I've been a huge Robert Woods guy. Um, I, I, I def, I'm starting him regardless of the matchup, even though I do think he's going to draw a lot of Jalen Ramsey, um, who recently just got paid to a billion-dollar deal, and the Rams absolutely have no more cap space. So that def- that offensive line is going to stay bad for years and years to come. That was not accurate, nor true. Uh, not a billion. It was uh, 105 million. Right. That that's what wasn't accurate about it. God, I hate you so much. That's it. Yeah. 100%. I, it, did I just completely mishear him, or did he just say Robert Woods was being covered by Ramsey? That's that's what oh, I thought you were. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, well, wait a fucking minute. Yeah, it's a long day. <laughs> Cooper is going to be the one. Yeah. Probably guarded by Ramsey. There we go. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. Um, the Ram, regardless, the Rams now have zero cap space to work with, and their their offensive line is not going to get any better for a while. Just pace yourselves for dynasty purposes. Um, Cooper drawing Ramsey. I still would start him. He was back to full participant in practice today. I've always been on the Amari Cooper side. Curious to see how CD Lamb is used in his first game with the Cowboys. Um, but my question is. If Daryl Henderson is on the field, and it seems like he will be, I, I believe he, he well, their first practice reports will come out tomorrow. Um, I, I think the Cowboys still had, no, I guess it's Sunday and not Monday. I don't know. This is a, this is going to be a long one. Um, so I didn't see the practice report on Daryl Henderson yet, but I believe he was out there at least in a limited uh, capacity. If both Henderson and Acres are on the field along with or are active for the game along with Malcolm Brown. Are you guys just staying away from that entire backfield for week one? I it, personally, I think I want just because of where he's being drafted. I think I want to take a shot on Acres and the flex. Uh, but it's I agree with you to an extent. Like with Henderson being out a lot, uh, I obviously I've been on here saying that he has a great shot to win the job this year from Acres. Uh, Malcolm Brown's getting most starting reps, so I understand why you're hesitant on even touching it. And for me, with with Acres, it's more of a wait and see. I have him ranked as if I would start him, but where I have him, I'm not starting him just because I have I have better options. Unless it's a really deep, uh, like starting league where you start like three flex along with two and two or something like that. That's about the only way I would start Acres this week. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And then I do think um, the other question is obviously going to be Cooper Cup. Um, is he going to be healthy enough to play? I just feel like where he was still being drafted, you can't sit him. It doesn't matter on if you, you feel comfortable or not. I don't know if you have a lot of options that are better than Cup if he's healthy going into that game. So I think he has to be in your lineups regardless. Yeah, I mean, worst case, he'd probably be like a wide receiver three on the week or like back end wide receiver two. So I don't, I, I wouldn't sit him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would sit him either. I wouldn't be happy about starting him though. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think that pretty much sums it up, but I mean, you're always going to be happy when you start Robert Woods. So, um, and then moving on to the two Monday night games, um, we always have this. I feel like these two games are going to suck. Um, really? especially, well, especially the first, especially, okay. You really I'll, think the I'll first one's going to be any I'll good? I'll give you the first one. Yeah, it's 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 Pittsburgh on on the road in New York for the Giants. Giants are a five point home underdog, over under at forty eight. Jesus H, man. Um, again, no idea how the Bucks and Saints wasn't the Monday night game. No idea how the Giants won that. It's ridiculous. Um, but we do have to talk about the fantasy implications because there could be some. Um, Evan Ingram, I think, is going to finish. I've talked about it, how I think he's going to be the tight end three as my bold prediction, just behind Kittle and Kelsey. Um, I mean, I'm firing him up and I don't, uh, he's finally healthy. I cross my fingers when I say that, but it does seem like he is healthy. Um, So I guess the question is, you're looking at the other guys of Shepard, Slayton, uh, Tate, and obviously you're starting Saquon, but of those three receivers, I, I don't know if I want to start any of them until I see what happens when they're all on the field together, especially in a game where they're going to need to throw the ball a ton. Yeah, I, mean, I personally would go with Shepard. Um, I think I have Slayton ranked the highest because like, I feel like Randy and I hammer this home, but Slayton is the only guy that is a true deep threat for Daniel Jones. The problem I have with Slayton this week is he's going against a really good defense, a really good secondary. I don't think the Giants are going to have enough time to let Slayton's routes develop. And so I think you're going to see a big week from Evan Ingram, and I think you're going to see a big week from uh, Saquon and Shepard because Shepard can work uh, the flats a little bit or at least run some out routes and get the fuck out of Evan Ingram's way and then go from there. But uh, Tate, I don't. I don't have much interest in Tate this this week, at least. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I I agree. I think I would go Shepard of anyone as a flex consideration. Uh, I think Ingram. I think I have a ranked tight end nine on the week, just because of his pure talent. I am a little nervous of the matchup, but I would assume that he kind of dominates the middle of the field with Jones. Well, I mean. Unfortunately, we have to see all these guys actually play with each other, which we thought we could do last year. We barely did. So we'll see how it goes against one of the best defenses. Yeah. Um, and then for the Steelers, you're probably, I mean, again, Juju is one of those guys that you drafted him too high to sit, regardless of the matchup, at least for now. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger said today he's very excited to actually get to play with Deontay Johnson on the field. So if you're in a deeper league, I don't, I wouldn't scold you for starting Deontay Johnson in your flex. Yeah, especially with the people you're probably in consideration against for that. Uh, Johnson, we, we've seen the wide receiver too in this offense with Big Ben have enormous weeks. So that's true. And then, um, I wouldn't start him yet, but I definitely think Eric Ebron could very well be my guy that I say to pick up on waivers going into next week. Um, everything that they've talked about in camp is how they like they think that Eric Ebron is that secret weapon for Pittsburgh. Um, so just don't if you have him already, keep him on your bench. But if you don't, 
I wouldn't pick him up yet. I would wait to see what happens, but I do think he could definitely be a guy that's on. Oh my god! What? What? Nothing. Um, I do think he's a guy that you would um, definitely want to look at picking up next week. And then the second Monday night game um, is the Tennessee Titans on the road in Denver. The Broncos are a one and a half point home favorite over under of 41 and a half. Um, of course. Uh, right? Don't I'm read it. I'm not reading the first one. I am hype. Derrick Henry versus Philip Lindsay. Let's yeah, such, such an idiot. Yeah. <clears throat> Randy, I'm going to ask you this question because I already know what Christian's answer is. Are you okay starting Gordon and Lindsay in this game? No, not a chance. I would much rather start Gordon. I would start Gordon. Um, so, uh, Sean, you said both these Monday night games you're not excited about. I think you're right on the first one, and depending on what kind of football you like to watch, I think you're right on this one. <laughs> if you uh, like to watch boring football. So well, the second game. <laughs> I think this is going to be kind of a little bit of a grind out game. Um, I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. Boring football. I don't think it's a high scoring game. I don't think the Titans secondary is all that great, and I think the Broncos have a lot of passing weapons that are going to work well. Melvin Gordon factors into that, where Lindsey does not. I think at best there's only going to be a chance for one rushing touchdown, and we think Gordon's the goal line back. Actually, we pretty much know that at this point. So that's why I would not touch Lindsay this week. I definitely want to see how the split happens. Uh, it's definitely inching closer to about like a 44-44 split or something like that with just the or <laughs> yeah, just the little bit going to someone else uh, kind of situation. Rice Freeman. Rice Freeman, exactly. Um, but yeah, Gordon, I would start as a flex because I that's basically where he was drafted to be your RB three. Lindsay, while he could get there this week. He would have to vulture the touchdown, basically. And I'm just not going to guarantee that. Yeah. Christian, you're not allowed to answer this question. <laughs> oh, I already got called out on. I posted my rankings yesterday on Facebook. And you uh, mean, someone, are you talking someone, the rankings that have Philip Lindsay at 26? And not on the list. Yep. You know, you don't even think he's going to be a top 36 running back. Nope. One of them's not going to be. And I picked Lindsay, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Hey, All right. sticking to my guns. Can't say I'm inconsistent. It's and the other question we have is, um, I think for Drew Locke, there, there's a question of, is, is he one of the streaming guys that you're looking at this week? I I, I, I'm he's another the problem is there's so many of these guys that are in these first week games that I want to wait and see before I just kind of roll out there. And Drew Locke is definitely on that list. Of so, so you just made our decision in the uh show, yeah. go, the, yeah, the, go car, yeah, that's yeah, good. I, Glad we I got did. that. <laughs> yeah, I just he's Drew Locke is definitely a guy I want to wait and see on, especially so, against a good defense like Tennessee. Yeah, it's pretty good defense. Uh, my question would be, if you were trying to pick between Locke and Tannehill, which way would you guys lean this week? Because I think that's relatively close. Probably Tannehill. Especially I, with no Von Miller. Christian? Uh, and no Bradley Chubb. I would lean Tannehill as well. Okay. Just for... I wanna, for 
I want to change your rankings then. Um, <laughs> I would go Drew Locke slightly above. I mean, I can. And what's your Randy? What's your reasoning behind that? So basically, because, uh, like I said, what the Titans—they're a good defense, but I don't think their secondary is particularly good. So I think they will be stopping the run a good amount. But I do think with Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant out there, I think Drew Locke will have to pass and we'll be able to get it done because with all of the kind of changes and injuries, especially with Bob Miller out, I don't think they're getting a good pass rush against Tannehill. No one really can stop the run against the Titans. So I think he's going to have to throw and I still have him at like quarterback, like 21 this week. So it's not, not a huge week. I wouldn't start him, but in that kind of situation, that's what I was going with. Sure. Christian, any kind of rebuttal? No. I, it, they're not, neither of those guys are, are guys I really want to start this week. Even in Superflex, I feel as though in most scenarios, you should have a better QB2 to start. But um, I guess my rebuttal is I didn't realize that I had Locke and Tannehill back to back. And so. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost, almost like someone set it as a trap. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have them back-to-back, so flip-flopping on something like that is, I mean, you basically are assuming they're going to score the same amount of points. Yes, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this, in our last question we have on here, are you staying awake to watch this game? If this game is like 14-10 to 10 by the third quarter, I'm going to bet. I, I don't care what happens <laughs> at the end. I'll tell you what. I don't believe I work on Tuesday, so I'm going to be off. <laughs> yeah, if if that's what happens, I'm going to bed. I don't even care. That sounds like a tremendous game to me. <sighs> so boring. All right. Throw that, um, throw that out the second TV, play some Madden next to it. Some great football all around. So there is our uh, final week one previews. Um, we're going to get into our starts and sits, but we have an ad read of some sort. Um, Randy, you want to, you want to, you want to do that one? Boy, I don't I know what the, was. I don't know what the ad read is. <laughs> of course it's Thrive Fantasy, guys. Of course it's Thrive Fantasy. Hashtag prop up. I am so sick of saying this. I, I, Ron, or fucking Sean, I'm going to start calling him Ron for fucking Ron Burgundy. They rhyme too. Anyway, uh, Thrive Fantasy, they've got all of their week one, uh, uh, fucking contests in here, and I'm looking right now. The over on Aaron Rodgers total pass yards is 263.5, which is a really difficult line. I do not suggest taking the over or the under, just skip that prop. And the good part about Thrive is they give you 20 options and you pick 10 of them, so you don't have to bet on every player prop that they give you in a given contest. There's a ton of opportunity to win. A lot of their payouts are phenomenal. They have, I think they said, over $100,000 to give out this weekend alone. Uh, you, you guys want to get over there. Uh, and if you use promo code THECUT, we're going to give you an extra $20 onto your first deposit of $20 or more. I know you guys are sick of hearing me say it, so why don't you just go download the app uh, and use the promo code, and then I'll still keep saying it. All right. In my defense, you did you did just put ad read. I had no idea what we were going to talk about. Yeah, he he did not make that easy. Every yeah. other one, he 
put the ad. He's at least, yeah, he's at least put Thrive Fantasy. That hey, that's what we're going to talk I about. Just, he didn't do that for this one. In fairness to Christian here, I, I knew that's what he meant, uh, but I wasn't positive. Thought thought maybe we could infer a little bit, but it's okay. Typed it in late. Typed in number three ad read late. All right. Um, so quarterbacks are um, what we're going to start with, even though we should eventually switch it up. I think we shouldn't always go in quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, but we're going to do it today because that's how it's sorted. Um, Make a damn show, Doc, and we'll do it how you want to do it. <laughs> listen, Randall. You had I don't a busy day. All right. Who's your no. quarterback, Sean? I don't want to hear it. Um, so my common theme for this week one is going to be my A1s. You're going to see that a lot. So my first quarter, my quarterback start, who is also one of my A1s, I'm rolling with Carson Wentz this week. And a lot of it just has to do with the fact that the Redskins just aren't good. Their defense, while they dra- they did draft Chase Young, but their secondary is still kind of garbage. I don't think Landon Collins is going to make as that big of a difference in uh, as a safety to kind of scare me away from Wentz, especially if Miles Sanders is banged up. He did practice today, but um, he he's still listed as technically day to day, and he's probably going to go into the game questionable. But Carson Wentz is going to have Deshaun Jackson. He's going to have Dallas Goddard. He's going to have Zach Ertz. He may even have Jalen Rager compared to what they were talking about with practice. I don't think Jalen Rager plays, but if, if he's there, that's obviously just another weapon for Wentz. Plus, if Miles Sanders does play, and if Miles Sanders is relatively healthy, Sanders is going to catch passes out of the backfield too. Plus, don't forget about my, my, my guy, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, catching balls in the red zone and scoring touchdowns. Don't roll your eyes at me. Shut the hell up, Christian. Um, but I just... I, the Redskins are a pretty easy team to pick on uh, when it comes to wanting to start your offensive players. And they gave up the... I, it was either second or third most most fantasy points to the quarterback position last year, so I am full sending Carson Wentz. I I don't hate it. I think the one guy you failed to to bring up those didn't they sign Kendall Fuller? Yeah, like, like the Super Bowl winning Kendall Fuller, really good corner. Sure, but I don't think that if that's going to take a I, does that make you not want to start? Well, I, th- I think it, it gives me a little bit of pause because I think Kendall Fuller, he, he mainly works in the slot. And so he's mainly going to be taking away Carson Wentz's best weapon because I still think Deshaun Jackson is Carson Wentz's best weapon. Now, if Jalen Rager plays, I mean, that changes. I'm not going to say and say Jackson's going to play predominantly in the slot, though. I think that's going to be like Greg Ward. Yes. That's true. I mean, that's true. They have been lining him up in, I, on the outside. So I, I have Wentz ranked as a quarterback one this week. I would yeah. I want to say, and I do think that the Redskins defensive line is underrated. The Philly offensive line is a little banged up. So that's where, but that's, I, I'd still start Wentz. You have to, you have to start. Yeah. I, they're going to be using Sanders early and often. I think they're going to get up quick and I think they're going to get a a few passing touchdowns before uh, once just starts handing the ball off. Plus, even if um, even if you get some pressure on the outside from Young and um, Montez Sweat, Wentz can still make it work with his feet too. 
and he and he's he doesn't have an he doesn't have an injury designation now. He's healthy going into week one. So I I think he I I'm gonna say that I think he gets a rushing rushing score this week. Yeah, and even if he doesn't, if he gets you 35 yards, that's three and a half points just helping you out right there. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll roll into my guy. My start of the week at quarterback is going to be Kyler Murray. I've actually already seen a bunch of experts, quote unquote, tell you that this is still an awful matchup for him. Where in our defense, scary. It's so scary, guys. Even <laughs> though they arguably got worse, and let's just point out the fact that you know Kyler scored twenty-seven and thirty points against them last year. So I'm not really going to be that concerned when their offense is even better this year with one of the top three wide receivers in football on this team. Uh, with Kenyon Drake as the full-time running back now. I'm full sending Murray this week. Obviously, if you drafted Murray, you're most likely not going to sit him. But if you're scared on this matchup, I'm here to tell you, you should not be. This will be a higher scoring game than most people think. Both quarterbacks should be effective. 45 point over-under here. Last season, both games, 53 points and 62 points, respectively. Rushing side there for Kyler. He also ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown against his team last year. I am full centered him. He's breaking into the top five quarterbacks this year, and it's going to start off with a bang. I'm I'm on board with this. I remember watching Kyler throw that pass to Andy Isabella against them last year in the Thursday night game, and Andy Isabella just fucking toasting the 49ers secondary. Five yards to the house. Yeah. Plus, Richard Sherman's a year older. One of like four four catches that Andy Isabella had the entire season. (laughs) That's all he needed. <laughs> that was the best one. Um, so yeah, Sean, do you have anything on that or no? No, I, I okay. Yeah, you. Uh, it, this again goes to the draft capital of you. You drafted Murray in probably the fifth or sixth round, and even if it's a scary matchup in San Francisco, like Randy said, he's already done it against. Yeah, them. I, I will. I will. His say... got better. Yeah, I will say with all of the COVID scares for the season, a lot more people have been taking two quarterbacks and one quarterback leagues. Uh, obviously, we play in a lot of two quarterbacks or super flex leagues, so you have most likely three on your team. So if you were questioning the decision about playing him over another guy, I, I'm just here to ease your pain. Yeah. Yes. And here's a guy that most likely is not on your roster if you're in a standard uh, redraft league. But I'm telling you, say Carson Wentz comes down with with COVID, God Jesus. forbid, Saturday night. I hope yeah. that doesn't happen. But say it does, you know. And you I don't know why. Him. Like, why would that? Why is that your argument to but, why you would yeah, want? Like, come why on, is man. that the argument or not? Hey, you drafted Baker Mayfield late. How about yeah. you pick up this guy? Yeah. For, no. So instead, instead, it's oh, Carson Wentz is going to get COVID. Why do you? Uh, okay. We're trying to be. I'm just saying, Sean, the most negative person tonight, was trying to be positive, and you were the negative one. Okay. So my guy's Derek Carr. Uh, (laughs) So let's not forget that the last time Derek Carr had weapons at his disposal, he was an MVP candidate. We really have no comparison to what Carr has this year across his six years in the league either. He has uh, a dominant tight end. He has Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. He has Hunter Renfro. He has Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, who's going to catch 40, at least 40 balls this year. Um, And so the last time Derek Carr had weapons, it was Michael Crabtree, who was really good at the time. 
and Amari Cooper, but that was it. There was nothing else after that. Seth Roberts was the next highest uh, targeted player on the team. So I think right now, Derek Carr is he's been put in the perfect position. He's coming off a year where he completed 70% of his passes and people are still thinking that Marcus Mariota was coming in to take the job. You're fucking asinine. That's, that was never happening. Um, so they play the Panthers this week. Panther Panthers were actually decent against uh, the pass last year. They finished in the upper half of the league in defense adjusted pass defense, but they lost Eric Reed and James Bradbury, which were, I mean, arguably their two best uh, secondary pieces, and they replaced them with rookie Troy Pride Jr. and just a terrible football player, Justin Burris. Sorry, sorry, buddy, you're a backup. You shouldn't be starting. You're starting. Yeah, because I'm sure Justin Burris is going to hear you apologize to him. Hey, man, <laughs> gotta gotta cover my bases, you know. Um, sorry, I, I I just I had to do that. I love because you're not the only one that does that. Like we all three do it. Like, oh well, sorry to this dude, or hey, what are you doing, this guy? It's like, yeah, any none of these guys are ever going to hear us talk about them ever. Hey. Justin Burris is so bad that maybe he does listen to us. Um, so what what I do need to mention for my argument for Derek Carr is actually my argument for the Panthers offense. The Raiders defense isn't like a world beater. Um, you've got a decent, decent, and that's a stretch, decent pass rush. Um, and that's assuming that uh, Cleveland Farrell takes a step up. They've got really no interior defensive linemen that you're happy about. So Christian McCaffrey should just kind of have his way with this defense. And then you've got DJ Moore lining up across from Trayvon Mullen or fucking uh, Damon Arnett. I I think that DJ Moore is going to win that battle nine times out of 10. I think the Panthers under Matt Rule are going to be able to move the ball. And for that reason, I am very comfortable starting Derek Carr. I think this game is going to be a shootout, um, which isn't something that you would typically say about a Las Vegas versus Carolina game, partially because we've never seen a Las Vegas game, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) But uh, I I think they're going to hit the over in this game, and I think Derek Carr has QB1 potential this week. And so my COVID argument at the beginning is irrelevant because I'd still start Derek Carr over guys like I would start him Probably I would debate between him and Baker, and I would definitely start him over Ben Roethlisberger, and I would start him over a ton of guys. Um, I think he's a good start this week, and yeah, start him up. You probably don't have to, but start him up. No, I mean if you're yes, if you're going to be streaming someone, I would agree that if 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 you went into the league or if you went into your draft with the late round QB mentality, he's. Derek Carr is absolutely a matchup to pick on this, yeah. this week, and that and that's not even discussing the uh, daily fantasy aspect of Derek Carr, where he's going to be cheaper than damn near everyone, and he's in a good matchup. That's very true. Oh, that means it's back to me. I apologize. Um, so running backs, yeah. Um, again, sticking with the theme of. Uh, my guys, or my A ones for uh, this season, week one. I, I have to do it. Like I, if if I've been pounding the table for this dude all off season, so I I have to keep it going. 
My start for this week is David Johnson. Look, I get it. They're going against Kansas City. I'm the one who seems to think that this game is going to be a blowout, but you guys think it's going to be closer. And if it's going to be close, it's going to be because there's a lot of points being scored for both sides. Deshaun Watson is going to need to throw. David Johnson is good when it comes to catching the ball. Despite mine and Christian's arguments about Duke Johnson versus David Johnson, I get the feeling that David Johnson will be on the field more than Duke in this game. And Duke Johnson's not going to get any carries. Let, 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 let's be honest. He's not going to get, he'll get five, maybe five or six. If, if they're going to run the ball, it's going to be David Johnson. David Johnson, I also think, is obviously going to be the goal line back because if, if they're down the goal line and if they're not trying to get Deshaun Watson killed this year, and I pray to God that's what Bill O'Brien's going to do because Deshaun Watson took so many terrible hits last year that could have knocked him out for the entire season. So you have to think they're going to be like, oh, hey, maybe we should give the guy that we just traded DeAndre Hopkins in a fucking second-round pick for. Maybe we should give him the ball a couple times. So I, think, I do think David Johnson's going to find the end zone one time on the ground, he could find it through the air. But the Chiefs, if there was one Achilles heel that their defense had, it was against the running backs. The Chiefs gave up the second most fancy points to running backs last season. And granted, they played um, some they played some pretty good running backs last year. Um, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. But I do think if David Johnson's going to have a big week, it's going to start right here. And then you guys are going to be like, oh, Sean, you're so smart. You picked this guy as one of your A1 running backs. You thought he was going to have a good season. We'll never say that. It's coming. I, I do think he's a very good play. I'm currently working on my running back rankings, and I have David Johnson in the top 15 this week. Ew. I think I have him 19. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't, I don't actually remember. I don't hate this. I think David Johnson's going to get some work this week. Uh, especially if Brandon Cooks is out. Um, I, I think that is important because I know that's receiver targets and uh, that I, the thing that we tend to overstate is the weight of wide receiver targets versus running back targets versus tight end targets. It's just going to be whoever the fuck can catch the ball and run with it. And David Johnson should be that. So, Yeah, and especially in an offense that it's pretty much a, wide open ball game now that we have uh deandre hopkins gone we'll see how it all goes i think it's a good call sean obviously we don't i think i'm the lowest on johnson for the week at 20 that was it's literally minuscule i know christian's 19 sweets 18 i think you're 15 like we're all about the same and that's like probably gonna be a three-point difference so he should be a really good start this week yes all right uh moving into my guy a little bit cheesy i will say uh, my own accord, but it's a guy I love and a guy I'm going to be watching. Uh, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> just like Christian said with Derek Carr, this is a great matchup against the Carolina Panthers, who are really just young defense now. They really took the shot. They kind of cut ties with all the the high-paid players in their defense, and they're just going full-blown rebuild, and I appreciate it. They do have a decent young core that for the D-line, but we're talking about a top-three offensive line for this for the Raiders team. Just like Christian said, Jacobs is getting more passing work this year. He's going to be facing less stacked boxes now they actually have a receiving core. I have him ranked RB2 this week behind only the other star running back in this game, Christian McCaffrey. I think Raiders are going to win and be able to run the ball all game. I'm expecting 20-plus carries, over 100 yards, at least a score, and three catches. He's getting over the 20-point mark. Back-to-back starts of the year. 
breaking that mark. And I I mean, all of us are kind of, uh, we're early in the offseason saying that Jacobs is a lock to be a top 10 running back and he's going to finish higher than most people think. And I think we're starting off great here. Yeah. I mean, I have him ranked all through. Uh, I have him ranked running back six and that felt low. So, um, yes. Full send. Full send all Raiders. Start Brian Edwards if you want. Fuck it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not go crazy here. That's, but it, like we said earlier, if it's a very deep league, there's a bunch of fluxes kind of scenario. Other than that, that's, that's going to be rough to say. <laughs> Dude, I've seen it all over Twitter today. It's kind of, kind of gross. I'm, I'm sitting Brian Edwards for what it's worth. Please don't start him unless you have to. All right, my running back, James Conner. Uh, big shout to Tariq Cohen. He almost made the cut, but I had to shift when I realized that I had James Conner in my top 10 this week. Mike Tomlin came out Tuesday and said that James Conner is the workhorse for Pittsburgh. And he had to clarify because he said he was going to utilize all of his running backs because they all have unique skill sets and blah, 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 which we knew was kind of coach speak because James Conner, when healthy, is the workhorse for the Steelers. I fully expect the Steelers to control the game. I think Conner could see around 15 carries probably as a minimum. I I think he really could get up to 20 carries uh, or even 25 carries. And in games that he's seen 15 or more carries across his career, he averages 31 and a half fantasy points per game. And you might say, oh, I'm sure the sample size is low. And you can say that about my next guy. But you can't say it about James Conner because he did it basically every game in 2018. Um, That's an absurd number. I mean, that's top five running back. That's top three running back numbers right there. The Giants weighted defense as a whole uh, per football outsiders ranked fifth worst in 2019. But the rush defense was good. It was actually seventh best in the league in 2019. So why would I start James Conner? His True upside comes from his receiving ability, and the Steelers love to utilize him in that fashion. Across his two years as the workhorse in Pittsburgh, James Conner averages just under five targets per game, Um, and he catches a fuck ton of them because he's really good uh, when Ben is throwing him the ball. I think the wait will be worth it. You're waiting until Monday night, and I know that sometimes sucks, but with the two Monday night games, you're going to be doing that for most of your, well, at least one player uh in your team uh so the weight's going to be worth it star james connor and i think it'll it could easily be a a weak winner this week yeah i'm not i'm not going against that (laughs) i obviously we're we're all high on james connor this week yeah um, I have him in the I have him twelfth, so I have him as my final RB one. Um, uh, look, anytime you play the Giants, fire up as many players that you can against that Giants defense. They're kind of gonna get they're gonna get the Jacksonville treatment to me. Um, anybody you play against Jacksonville, just go ahead and put them in. Um, but um, wide receivers. This one, I'm taking one of the guys that Christian is in love with. He always has been since he came into the league. But you may look at the Chicago Bears matchup for the Detroit Lions and think, oh, hey, well, 
The Bears have a good defense. This one, maybe I should waver a little bit on the top guys. No, don't do that. You drafted Kenny Galladay in the second or third round to be your wide receiver one. I don't care if Kenny Galladay is matching up against one of the 18 Fuller brothers. I don't know which one it is at this point. Um, it, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Is it Kyle? That's, it's yeah, Kyle. that's what I figured. Uh, stop. So Kenny Galladay's last 16 games with Matthew Stafford behind center, he put up 75 receptions for 1,226 yards and nine touchdowns. That's a pretty good number, I would say. So while the volume overall when it came to receptions was down last year, the touchdowns went up, and he gets a much better quarterback for the entire season this year, and it starts at home week one against the Bears. Look, if the Lions are going to win, they're not, it's not going to be because Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift had 30 rushes and 150 yards on the ground score touchdowns. It's going to be because Matthew Stafford does what he does best and just chucks the ball everywhere. And Kenny Galladay is going to be the prime recipient of this. He's already shown it. He loves being with Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford loves those big-bodied receivers that he can just put his head down and just throw the ball up to. Kenny Galladay is one of the best at doing that. And again, Kenny Galladay would have been a top five, top six receiver for a full season with Matthew Stafford. It's going to start right here. I'm not worried at all. I have Kenny Galladay, I believe, in my top five. Let me double-check that. Yeah, uh, He's six. I have Kenny Galladay as my sixth wide receiver on the week. Fire up Kenny Galladay. Fun fact, Sean. You're the lowest on Kenny Galladay, too. That's, I know. <laughs> that's how we feel about Kenny G this week. Full fucking send. Full send. we got to think up another word for the record than full send. That's another <laughs> We've uh, already been using that a lot. <laughs> My star for wide receiver this week. Uh, I wanted to put Kenny Galladay, but picking two of my number twos for the week seemed a little bit cheesy. I mm-hmm. went with the guy. I apologize to all the listeners because I have not shut up about, but Preston Williams. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> Parker <laughs> is looking like he's playing this week against the Patriots, which is pretty much the best news ever for Preston Williams meaning that he doesn't have to go against the best cornerback in the league of Stephon Gilmore. So the Dolphins, despite what Christian keeps thinking, will lose this game, but they will be throwing a lot to try and come back with a little bit of, you know, Fitz magic. Uh, but uh-huh. yeah, but like I said, Parker being blanketed with basically the only piece returning to the past defense and Gilmore leaves Williams to do the damage on the other side of the field. Fitzpatrick is already, shown the ability and willingness to throw to uh to throw to Parker and Preston Williams, but with Parker being kind of contained, I, I do think Williams is gonna kind of break out this week. I've said it multiple times he's taking over as the lead guy for this team. Luckily for me and him, he gets to do that against the second best corner for the Patriots this week and he's going to dominate. Do you want a side bet on this game? Me uh... versus no, I, I don't care enough, but Randy does. Let's discuss it maybe maybe on uh maybe on the DFS episode. We'll get we'll talk about that. Sounds good, because I'm sure we'll argue because I'm I've I'm playing the Dolphins everywhere in DFS this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, Preston Williams, good at football. I have him ranked higher than all of us, I think. I have him as the wide receiver too, so 
Full send that too. Uh, yeah, I know. Find a new word. Uh, my wide yes. receiver is Will Fuller. Fun fact: Will Fuller has never played a game without DeAndre Hopkins on the field in his NFL career. That is a fun fact. Yeah, it's a it's fun fact. He's barely been on the field. Exactly. Uh, um, yes. and, but when he is, DeAndre was also also healthy, so he has only ever been the Robin to DeAndre's Batman. But let's look at what he's done. So his two explosive games last season where his one game was fucking historic. He went, he had 14 catches for 217 yards and three touchdowns. And then he had a, a modest seven catches for 140 yards. Uh, those two came last year. They were the only two games in which he received more than nine targets. I know he only played what? 14 games last year, by the way, 14 high number. High number. Highest of his career, I believe. Anyway, moving on. In games that uh, Will Fuller has received nine or more targets over his entire career, he averages 29 fantasy points. He's only had less than 10 fantasy points in such games where he receives nine or more targets one time. Sample size, pretty low. He doesn't play many games, I know. Um, But... His counterpart is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been limited in practice. I believe he returned in a limited fashion today. He sat out completely yesterday. Um, I think if Brandon Cooks is limited in any form or fashion, nine targets is a guarantee. I I think that the Texans are going to be throwing the ball so much. I think Deshaun Watson could throw the ball 50 times in this game. I don't think that's out of the question. Um, Kansas City actually had a pretty good defense-adjusted pass defense in 2019, but going back to another Fuller, uh, Kendall, and he's gone. He's now, we just talked about it, he's with the football team. And that means that Charvarius Ward is lining up against Will Fuller. Sign me up. I have Will Fuller as my wide receiver 12 this week. I am starting him over A.J. Brown. Hey, hey, Randy, it wouldn't be a cut episode if Christian and I didn't go back and forth on something. I, I, I Christian, I 100% understand this start. Again, I talked about the Texans. But, Christian, what's the number of games where Will Fuller has had nine or more targets? It's like five or six. It's seven out of 42. Yeah. So I could see where you were getting flack earlier for kind of picking and choosing stats. I can see where that comes from. I mean, only one guy said it. And when I told him, I think I said five or six, I didn't even realize it was all the way up to seven. Seven, Yeah. I mean, seven of how many games has he played? 16.66 repeated percent. So he's played 42 career games. So you're telling me that in only 17% of his games, he's received nine targets, but in those games, he averages almost 30 fantasy points per game. That's fine to me because, like I said, with that fun fact, this is his first game ever without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Sure. And also, did I hear you say he played 14 games last year? Yeah, it was it 11 I, last year. It was, it was 11. It was 11, 7, 10, and 14. So 14 was his rookie season. He hasn't played 14 since. Yeah. But, I mean, really with Will Fuller, all that matters is points per game, and we know he's healthy. And that's yeah. all that well, see, but then, and, and that's and and there you go. That's the thing. I, I I get where you would start this again. I do think this is gonna be a high scoring game, but the problem that I think any fantasy owner has with Will Fuller 
is it's just built in the back of your mind that I could start this dude. He could be on the field for four snaps and then I won't see him again. That's why I don't think I would ever have him higher than like a back end wide receiver too, just because there's we talk and we talk about how we always try to kind of try to avoid like injury risk when it comes to either rankings or projections or whatever. This dude just he's like the guy that it you can never run away from those. So I I think it's just for me, it's just ingrained in the back of my mind. Yeah, but man, he's played over half the season what three out of his four years so it's not like he leaves every game with a he pulls up with a hamstring injury of course now that i made him my start of the week that's what's (laughs) going to happen in the first quarter but i mean ultimately i think everyone has uh, as close of a chance to pull up with a hamstring this weekend as well no right they, they but I, the problem is not everybody has already had the hamstring issues that Will Fuller has had. It's fair. Yeah. Lo- but really, the hamstrings are the only thing that would concern me. And if that's the case, like, if I lose him at halftime, there's a chance he already has 20 fantasy points because the Texans went down 21 to no, nothing. The, the, news that, the news that Brandon Cooks didn't practice today definitely helped your case because we're less than 12 hours away. Not 12. We're less than, like, 20 hours away from that game starting and Brandon Cookston wasn't on the field for practice. So it definitely helps your case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worst case, if you really break it down, he's, he's about, I think it's like 11.5 points per game for his career. Obviously that's limited games, but I, worst case, if he's the wide receiver one, the only wide receiver of real value besides uh, Randall Cobb. I mean, I can't really blame you. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play, I think he's a top 20 receiver, not even a question. I have him, yeah, I have him ranked right now at wide receiver 30, but that's just based on the uncertainty that Cooks will still play. Yeah, see, I have him as... Brandon has him at 36. I have him at 36, but it's because I have Brandon Cooks at 21. Yeah. But if Brandon Cooks is... I actually, I I didn't put Cooks in my top 36 this week, but... I definitely think I will move Fuller up if it comes out that yeah. Cooks is inactive tomorrow. So, all right. Um, so tight ends, a position that you guys know how much I love talking about it. But again, sticking with my A ones, um, I'm going to be full on happy playing Hayden Hurst this week. Um, this is another game I, we talked about it on our episode on. Um, on Tuesday's show, how much, like how many points we think this is going to be like, this is going to be fantasy gold for the Seahawks and the Falcons both. And I, I'm kind of just relying more on history than anything else, because obviously Hayden Hurst only had 36 targets last year because he was stuck behind Mark Andrews, but he caught 30 of them, which is an insane stat. If you think about it. And Matt Ryan has always looked to tight ends in the red zone. It's one of the reasons why some people fade Julio Jones from time to time because Julio Jones will catch 10 passes for 150 yards, but he, for some reason he, his 6'4 frame just gets invisible to Matt Ryan in the red zone. And a lot of that, go, and especially the last couple of years, it's gone to Austin Hooper. I do think that Hayden Hurst is going to immediately slot into that Austin Hooper role, and it's going to start at home against the Seahawks, who are just a middle-of-the-pack a defense when it comes to defending tight ends. So I, 
I, I understand that he may be the third or fourth pass catcher when you look at Ridley and Julio and maybe Todd Gurley, but I still think if you fall into the end zone as a tight end, you're a top 10 tight end every week. So Hayden Hurst definitely has that upside. I am on board with this. <clears throat> I am starting to get a little nervous. I saw someone compare Blake Jarwin to Trey Burton. Um, but if there was, one- it was Les Loza, I believe. Yeah, well, if there is one actual direct correlation of a guy who's with a new team, uh, Hayden Hurst might be Trey Burton, and that's terrifying. Uh, I hope it's not the case. I don't think it is the case. I would start Hayden Hurst this week as well. (laughs) So basically everything you said doesn't matter. (laughs) I have Hayden Hurst ranked as my sixth tight end this week. Randy also has him at six. Christian, you have him at five. So you actually are higher on him than both Randy and I are. Yes. But we think it's a very high-scoring game. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, it's a If great- this game's like 24 to 20, I'm going to be really sad because our okay. rankings are going to look awful. But will it? Maybe not. I mean, there's a path to success, even if it's not a huge touchdown. Yeah, both defenses are kind of suspect. Yeah, kind of, kind of of in the case of the Seahawks, not Uh, kind of. I'm with you on Hayden Hurst at least for this week. I'm definitely lower than I think at least you for the season, but I'm with you for this week for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, Moving to my guy, I wanted to pick Noah Fant, but because I ended up picking Preston Williams, I wanted to sing somewhat of a different tune for this one. I'm going Jack Doyle here. He's the low. Can you actually sing about Jack Doyle? No, I don't think anyone really could. Uh, he is the lone true tight end on this team right now. Yeah, Trey Burton on IR. Yeah, uh, he's going to get a great amount of targets this week against a very bad Jags defense. And Rivers' one matchup he had versus the Jags last season, Hunter Henry went for almost 13 yards. With I, I think Doyle, that's his floor this week. Uh, I really do think Doyle scoring more than 13. So I'm blocking him in everywhere. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of places that I have Fant, and I don't have Doyle, so I'm gonna start Fant. But if you have been playing, if you were playing the waiting game and you lost, where you're not comfortable with so, like Christian's guy, you'll hear in a second. I I would be fine going Doyle. Way to not spoil it. That was pretty good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Uh, DFS, he's gonna be a cheap option. I'm targeting, so I think he has a great week. I think. Sean said it earlier. I think Ebron, Doyle, and Christian's guy are going to be the week one waiver wire tight ends. <laughs> We're keeping our listeners in so much suspense by just saying Christian's guy. Yep. If they follow me on Twitter too, I already spoiled it, but that's okay. Yep. Uh, I like this. Randy, you said something. I lost my train of thought. Um, I had a, a nice counter. It wasn't a counterpoint. Um, I think you did say thirteen. Hunter Henry had thirteen yards, and I was very confused oh, for a second. Yeah, he had that point. point. I had points. I apologize. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But I think he had close to thirteen yards. <laughs> he had a touchdown. He, thirteen, he, three touchdowns. That's a Hunter Henry line if I've ever seen one. But uh, Doyle is yeah. more of a target monster type of guy, so that's that's why I have confidence. This is a game I'm just fairly excited to watch. I'm really excited to see 
how much Jonathan Taylor gets on the field. I'm excited to see if uh, me or Paulie is right about Naeem Hines versus Paris Campbell. I think it's Paulie. And uh, <laughs> it, it sure all signs are pointing towards Paulie being right. And then I'm excited to see if Moali Cox Cox eats into uh, Jack Doyle's work at all, which I don't think he will. I said Cox weird. Sorry. I, I didn't really think I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna that he repeated it. I was like, well now it's weird. Because <laughs> Christian because he made emphasis on it. <laughs> it's like okay. Cox. Cox. I'm like, what? What? All right. Uh, all right. So the, that's nothing, Christian, compared to what Randy's about to do in a, in the next segment. So I just go on, Christian. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, all right, my tight end is Chris Herndon. Yes, he has a tough matchup, a tough matchup to the eye in in the Buffalo Bills. They were a really bad matchup for tight ends in 2019. They ranked seventh in the league, holding opposing tight ends to just 5.8 fantasy points per game. But, big but here, 38% of their games come from the division. And the best tight end by a wide margin in the division last year was Mike Gesicki. Chris Herndon was out in both matchups against the Bills. So then you start looking at the rest of their scheduler, at least I do, and I see that they got Tyler Eifert, Jason Witten, Vance McDonald, or Nick Vanette at that point. I don't even know. Just a bunch of shit. Uh, Rookie Noah Fant, who was still coming into his own, Ricky Seals Jones and Jeremy Sprinkle. Of course, the Bills were good against tight ends. Listen to that list. Noah Fant's the best one, and he was a rookie. Um, the moral of that story is that the Bills' defense against tight ends is a facade. They are not that good against tight ends. They just got really good tight end matchups. The last time we saw Chris Herndon healthy, he was the season long tight end 16. Denzel Mims is still working back into the offense. He ran his first routes live in front of Adam Gase last week. He had never run a route in front of Adam Gase, his head coach, other than on Zoom. That's absurd. Other than on Zoom. <laughs> it's it, Honestly, I'm pretty sure that when they were doing workouts, they were like teaching through Zoom. But anyway, Rashad Perriman is also banged up. They're both listed as questionable for Sunday. If one or if both of them are out, the targets should be there for Chris Herndon because the Jets are going to have to catch up. The Bills are a much better team. Uh, in the two matchups against the Bills in 2019, and this kind of exemplifies that, the Jets threw 77 total times. They were two of their top four uh, pass attempt numbers in 2019. But say say we're going to be cautious, right? Say Chris Herndon, everything goes wrong. Chris Herndon gets five targets because as a starting tight end, five targets is reasonable. Um, in, in games where Herndon's received five or more targets, he averages 12.8 fantasy points per game. Again, sample size, not great. Don't ask how many games. I think it's like four because Chris Herndon didn't play much last year. Um, 12.8 fantasy points, though, it would have been tight end 12 or higher in 16 of the 17 weeks last season that shows how shitty the position is and how easy it is to be a tight end one. I personally don't think we should even be cautious though, because Chris Herndon is Sam Darnold's favorite or at least second favorite target behind Jamison Crowder. Now you should get the rock at least seven times. 
And anytime he's received the ball seven or more times, at least anytime Sam Darnold looked his way that many times, he averaged 15 fantasy points. And that's good for a top eight finish. And so that's where I have him projected this week. I believe I have him as my tight end six. I dropped him in a league and I kept Austin Hooper. I don't know why. Uh, Also don't know why I'm saying that out loud because both of these guys are in the league. Uh, and Chris Herndon is still available, maybe. Sean Ward made a free agent move two minutes ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so start up Chris Herndon. Seriously. It wasn't it, it wasn't for Herndon. I didn't have a def- or I didn't have a kicker in that league. Why do we still have kickers in that league? As sweet. As sweet and Adam. Uh, this this is the one. If I were to pick one of all of our starts, even including mine, like including mine, I would be willing to say it. This one gives me the most pause. Why? I, I don't know, man. I think I mean, it's close. I think it's close to me with uh, my guy, Jack Doyle. I think they're both going to finish about the same. Um, like you said, Christian, five targets might be good enough for him. No fan against them had four targets. It was also the last week that Drew Locke didn't play, uh, so maybe that speaks to that a little bit. They have good safeties, and that, that worries me. They're linebackers. It, they're good run defenders. I'm not quite worried about guarding the tight end, so I'm with you, but, and again, there's pretty much like two or three guys to fucking throw to, so I gotta be with you there. <laughs> right, I mean, even I think Vincent Smith was out for a period of time. He was their wide receiver three. Uh, now Chris Hogan is there. But that means, so if Chris Hogan plays and Mims and Perryman don't, that's where I would give myself pause here because you've got Hogan, who literally is just a slot guy. You've got Crowder, literally just a slot guy. It's the Giants. It's literally just the knockoff Giants. And that's scary. (laughs) As we've talked about, they all work the same area of the field, and they've got Lev Bell. So it's just a worse version. Yeah, and I'm with you. That's and scary. Yeah, it's 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 scary to think about, but I, I'll believe in him enough this week for sure. Yeah. Yep. And then let's get uh, let's wrap this up with a couple guys that we're trying to avoid at least for one week. Um, for me, this one pretty easy. I think Christian, as much as he likes one of the guys of the three I'm about to talk about. I think he could probably agree based on his opinions on a certain head coach. Um, one, my first sit, I'm staying away from the Tampa Bay backfield, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, LeSean McCoy. I don't think these guys are just completely tanked in value, even though I do think that the best for Jones and Fournette is probably an RB3. I want to see it on the field first. I, I want to see how they distribute like is it is it Ronald Jones on first and second down? Does Leonard Fournette maybe spell Ronald Jones or maybe Leonard Fournette's kind of in on the goal line stuff to start with? And then McCoy is is he the third down guy? It's just all gross to me to the point where Tampa's going to need to throw because New Orleans is going to put up points the other way. So I don't know even how much use those three running backs are are going to get to begin with. Randy, you good? Just yawning, bro. Oh, sorry. Um, but I, th- I, th- I think Tampa Bay is going to need to throw to win. 
So I don't know how much work any of these running backs are going to get. Maybe, hell, we might even see McCoy getting like the most snaps just because he's going to be the passing down guy. I, I'm staying away from all three of them. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, this may be the best week to start Jones just because simply Fournette doesn't know the playbook enough yet. But I, I kind of agree with you. I think I might take a shot at one to be like a, a back-end RB2, RB3. And that's that's best case for this week, in my opinion. And for the record, I do have um, I have Ronald Jones right now ranked at RB32. I have Leonard Fournette ranked at RB36. But I think I can find better options in my flex than either of those. Yep, as much as I hate to say it, I have Ronald Jones ranked as like a high-end RB3, but I'd rather toss a high-upside receiver in there than just get shit on by Bruce Arians because that's all that's been happening. And that's a good segue. Oh, my God. Son of a bitch. Okay. (laughs) So my first set of the week with the amazing segue from Christian is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. I do apologize. Uh, I'm just lower on the guy this week. Nothing compared to what you're about to <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm lower on Odell this week. Uh, mainly, well, I, I'm lower on him than a lot of people for the season as well. I mainly just want to see how this offense works a bit uh, with kind of a top-level matchup in Humphrey going against him. I think Landry will be the number one receiver in this week with uh, Odell obviously being the second or number two option. Um, he, he's obviously, because of where he's drafted, you're not likely to sit him, so he's in flex consideration for me, but it's really a hard choice. And I like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if like you were like down in the dumps trying to make the decision. I'll, I, we can try and help you there. I'm definitely the lowest on him though. Uh, he really, it, this decision just puts a big weight on your chest. Um, it's hard, it's hard to make the decision with that kind of thing going on. So I, I, I think he's going to kind of have a shitty day. I just, I just don't have any shares for this week. Uh, oh, shit. That was good. Christian, who's your sit? I'm not even, I'm not even addressing this. Oh, all right. Sorry. I have to compose myself. That was good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, that's what Odell said. Uh, oh, my, my God. <laughs> my sit is Daniel Jones. Um, in our heated debate before we started recording, we talked about how the Steelers might be the, one of the best defenses in the NFL, if not the best. Yeah, most um, likely two, I'd say. And it no, keeps no going. One, no. no. <laughs> was forced. Forced. It was a little forced. Um, but anyway. Uh, the Steelers are really good at creating turnovers. Daniel Jones is not good at keeping the ball in his hands. I've seen the workout videos where he's just fucking clamping down on the ball while doing some footwork, which is good. He's got two hands on the football. It's not going to fucking matter. Uh, Daniel Jones, if he running around with two hands on the football. Right. Well, um, Daniel Jones, even if he like doesn't fumble the ball, he's going to throw a pick. I mean, this isn't. Uh, uh, I know they're going to have to be thrown to to catch up, and I know that some garbage time points might go to Daniel Jones, but I would rather start someone who I don't think is going to cough the ball up, and uh, I'd be a lot more comfortable. I think Daniel Jones 
he might have finished outside my top 24. Uh, he might be at the very back end, but yeah, I'd I, don't rather, have, I don't have him ranked. I you mean, I'd, ra- yeah, I'd, I'd rather start uh, Dwayne Haskins than Daniel Jones. I think my I'm A1. Well. Um, I, I'm with you on this. Uh, it, I mean, worst case, there's no turnovers, but like most games, the Steelers had like four or five sacks too. So this O line's not tremendous. Yeah, this dude's gonna be on his ass the entire game. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be excited for him. Like we said earlier, we're we're curious on some of the other people. Obviously, we're gonna probably be starting Ingram and Saquon, uh, but the other guys, just because we know they're gonna be down, and just like you said, he's not gonna have time for the deep throws to Slayton. I would be worried about starting him. Yeah. All right. Um, my second guy is Marquise Brown. I don't want to start him this week. I think you can find better options. I do think he's going to get a lot of Denzel Ward. I don't think Ward's going to shadow him. And I understand, like Christian was talking about before we started, that Brown's going to line up in the slot at times, which is fine. And obviously, he's a big play guy. But the way Baltimore is going to beat Cleveland, and I definitely think this is possible, the Browns' run defense isn't any better than it was last year, despite what these guys have said off the air. Brown, The Browns finished as the third worst run defense in yards per game last season. Baltimore isn't going to let what happened last year happen again, especially on the road, even though they did kind of handle Cleveland at home or in Cleveland later on in the season. The way Baltimore is going to beat Cleveland is they're going to get up early and they're just going to give the ball to Mark Ingram and have Lamar Jackson run read options. And they're just going to hammer it up the middle on the Browns. I don't see a scenario where Marquise Brown has five, six, seven receptions. I, I can see him having like three for like 60. Maybe he finds a touchdown, but I still think you're a little bit disappointed if you start Marquise Brown and he goes three for 62 and a touchdown. Denzel Ward was the second best coverage corner when he was healthy last year. When it came, when it comes to completions per game and Yards given up to receivers per game. So Denzel Ward is a very good cornerback. He's going to see Marcus Marquise Brown a lot. He's going to be matched up on him. Any chance they get, especially if Greedy Williams is out. But Baltimore is going to win this game by running the ball with J.K. Dobbins, with Mark Ingram, with Lamar Jackson. So I'm finding someone else. With much, Edwards? I'd much rather start Mark Ingram than I would Marquise Brown this week. So while... I personally am against it. I I will say that in his while he was hurt pretty much all of last year, even when he played, he was a little banged up uh, and still recovering. His two games against Cleveland last year, I believe, it was like two points and six points. So he did only get four targets the one, but seven the other. So I I do think I don't think he's getting three targets. I think he's going to get close to ten targets. Uh, the, my only worry about the whole sit scenario of it is he could have one catch and be a good enough week. That's that's the biggest concern. With probably, sure, but even if but, he has one catch for forty five and a touchdown, I mean, you're talking eleven points. You can get that somewhere else. Exactly. That's that's why I like I said. Well, I'm not with it. I'm not going to be completely against it because he, I mean, if he if Denzel is shadowing him all day that's going to be pretty rough to get away from. Also, Christian, you said you to my, I'd rather start Mark Ingram comment. You and I both have Mark Ingram as RB 15. I know I have him high, but I'm, 
Marquise Brown is wide receiver 24. I think I'd rather my wide receiver 24. I, I don't know how the points would would line <laughs> up, but I mean, it it, it, it is close. With, with uh, Hollywood Brown, though, I don't think Ward's going to shadow him. I think that's where we differ. Uh, and I just don't think – I don't think Denzel Ward's very good out of the slot. I think he's pretty strictly an outside corner, and I think they're going to slide Marquise in a little bit. So that's where I, I don't know. This it's not a guy I'd be like thrilled to start. I will. I say find that. it hard to believe though that Joe Woods is going to use his best and only good cornerback on Miles Boykin all day. Yeah, I don't think that'll yeah. be the case. I think he's yeah. going to be a, a covering one side of the field. I think it's going to be. <clears throat> I guess if Marquise slides up on the right side of the field, that's the matchup he gets. He gets Denzel. But if Miles Boykin's over there. And if the Ravens are smart, they just put Marquise in the slot and then he eats. But I don't know. Maybe he does shadow him. Yeah, it, that's that's the biggest thing with being Christian. We just don't think he's going to be shadowing just because of how we're not excited for the secondary. I don't think they can afford to have him kind of running all over the field. I think they're going to have to be in kind of a base zone to account for everything. That's my biggest thing with that. But like I said, he didn't do anything against the Browns last year. So uh, yes. my last guy is going to be Le'Veon Bell. I did say right before this, I have him as RB25 this week. So the sit is kind of a, a loose term with it. Um, I really just want to see how this offense is going to play out for a game. It's, it's really concerning to me for everyone except Crowder and Herndon to an extent. This Bills matchup's probably going to be one of the worst they have all year, and they have it twice. Bell has somehow been the worst part of the Jets camp, which I can't quite wrap my head around. He looks to be in the best shape of his life. So, uh, And another major, major concern is, like we always say, the slot guys and the tight ends and the running backs do, to an extent at least, fight for the same kind of targets. And I think Herndon and Crowder are clearly the favorites for Darnold in this offense. So it has me very concerned for Bell this week. But I hope for a lot of you that I'm wrong. And Sean... Including me. Yeah, Sean's more right in the A1 category of RB25 is kind of like the back end of what he's going to be doing all year. But even at RB25, that's the thing, is with the guys that we love at wide receiver... At the flex spot, it may be a better option to have him or maybe Preston Williams or Marquise Brown and Christian's uh, extent or Brandon Cooks if he's healthy or Will Fuller. I mean, that's those are questions you're going to have to do for yourself. And because of that, I think I would sit Bell just because of those. Yep. Same. Sean, nothing, nothing on that. Just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't even. I mean, what? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, Sean. What? What did you rank him this week? I have Le'Veon Bell as running back eighteen. Okay, uh, so I mean, you're you're the highest. Sweets with you at twenty. Yes. And me and me and Christian are the negative. I think it's. I also think it's more because there aren't a ton of like lower end running back matchups that I'm in love with. This week? Yeah. That's fair. I mean, so my my biggest thing with Bell is maybe Melvin Gordon 
you would start Bell over. Maybe Devin Singletary or Cam Akers or definitely Ronald Jones. I have all those guys. I have all those guys lower than. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you're starting Bell over. But when we get down to like Jonathan Taylor, like I think I'm picking Taylor. Taylor is the one that I found the hardest to rank, but I would rather start Bell just based on the fact that we have no idea. Yeah. What's going to happen with Marlon Mack? And and I have Tariq Cohen higher just because their backfield is going to be pretty crap this week. And they're going to be down a million times. And I, me and Christian, have Antonio Gibson higher uh, just because (laughs) we know they're going to be down. Did you guys not see the report today? That it's a committee bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. Well, we, it's not even bullshit. We knew that was a committee. Yeah. It's not going to be a passing work. That's the difference. JD McKissick. And? All right, Christian, who's your set? It is Devontae Parker. One of the easiest sits I've ever had to to put on this doc. Uh, Number one, hamstring injury. You guys talk about it with Will Fuller, who's healthy. Let's talk about it with Devontae (laughs) Parker. I just don't love starting a guy who's already pulled up with a tight hamstring, and a ton of guys did today. Kenny Galladay like did, which is half of the fucking league. Yeah, and and so the, you you see it right now. Everyone's ramping up, and it seems like the Dolphins may have done that last week. Mike um, Evans, Mike Evans pulled up with a hamstring. Kenny Galladay, uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, just a ton of guys. I I know I listed two lions, but um, Devontae Parker is already hurt and he's going against the best corner in the league. And that's really all I have to say. I just, I know the dolphins are going to need to throw no matter what. I still believe the dolphins are winning this game. I do think they try to run the ball for a majority of the first half. Um, And so uh, you take Parker out of the equation completely. If you run the ball for a half, uh, you let Gilmore just kind of sit there and wait for him. And then he shuts him down in the second half. Plus, Preston Williams is there, and he's there one a. And damn it, we're we're going down on that ship. He's there one a. We're not so, going down. What I've seen is people because well, people are off him because of the injury and what deservedly so. But the people that are on him for this week keep continually pointing out that in week seventeen, when the Patriots didn't really care about playing that much. <laughs> and Devontae Parker was basically the only person to fucking throw to in the offense. He had 21.7 points, 11 targets, 8 catches, 137. But everyone keeps forgetting to mention the week two when they've played each other, where he got seven targets and nothing. Fucking nothing. <laughs> that was his egg, right? He literally had zero fantasy points. He literally had zero with seven targets because of Gilmore. I think we're getting way closer to that than we are the 11 for 8, 137. And I think the 11, 8 for 137 is 100% more likely for Preston Williams. All right, boys, we did it. That was our first week one starts and sits. Next time we're going to be talking, we will actually be talking about a real-life NFL football game. That happened. It would be great. Um. Christian, do you want to speak on the DFS? I don't yes. Know. Uh, I, we're not we're not releasing the info yet. I haven't tweeted out. So 
lot of moving parts here. Um, trying, trying, heavy on the fucking trying to get this live stream to work. Um, because we've we've failed a couple times with live streams. We've promoted them and then failed to deliver. We're not going to do that this time. We are going to double check, triple check, quadruple check, and make sure that it is going to work for us. Uh, we would love to live stream. If you guys want to let us know, I'm going to put something out on our Twitter. But if you want to let us know when you would like to watch a live stream uh, for DFS, we're looking at like a late night Saturday, like 10 p.m., maybe 11 p.m., maybe 9 p.m., 9 to 11 range. Um, and, or we could do Sunday morning potentially. Those are kind of, I mean, I know there are some some major fantasy analysts that go live on Sundays that people like to watch, so I don't want to try to compete with them. If you guys want to listen to us talk DFS, though, I mean, we would love to to bring that content to you. In some form or fashion, you will get it. Uh, it will be on YouTube somehow. Damn it. Even if it's just audio the first time, we're going to get this figured out, and then we'll have a, a concrete plan for you next week. Yeah, so no matter what, there will be a DFS episode, and it seemingly will be on YouTube. It's just we have to completely get through everything before. <laughs> we are testing it out over the next couple of days, though. And yeah. I will be making appearances here and there on those episodes. I will not be on this one. I, I'm a busy Saturday night, and I do have to work Sunday morning. But... I'm sure these guys will do a great job and I'm actually probably going to be listening to those because I am in a DFS league this year. Basically there's payouts every week. There's 10 or 11 of us, I think. And um, it's just on based on the Sunday one o'clock and four o'clock games. So it'll be, it'll be fun because I don't usually dive into DFS, but I'm excited for this one. So. Yeah. And we're, we're going to touch on, uh, we usually, do the episode mainly on a DraftKings lineup. Uh, we are going to give a little bit of a touch on what we're thinking for Thrive Fantasy as well. All right. Hashtag prop up. There it is. For Randy Hall, Christian Williams, I'm Sean Ward. Put the Thursday Night Football games in your spots. Don't put them in your flex. We gone.